What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, Charleston? This is the Healthy Charleston Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Eve Gigi, where we talk all things health-related. We're going to talk about all sorts of health information, as well as, hopefully, clear up all sorts of terrible health misinformation. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? We're finally officially doing it. I'm That's excited. Right. Second time around, <laughs> rescheduling. On yeah, yeah, no, we got it, man. Kids and life, that stuff yeah, happens. You know, sure, what are you going to do? Sure. So yeah, give uh, everybody just a quick uh, introduction about who you are, name, all that good stuff. Right on. Uh, my name is David Drake. I uh, have uh, Drake Fitness on James Island, and uh, actually, I've only opened. I've only had that space for one year, uh, but I've been training in Charleston for. Let's see, since 1999, so... One of the OGs. 20 years. Yep. 20 years training, um, and so... uh that's a quick snapshot of uh, who I am. Yeah, that's that's awesome. We obviously had the guests beforehand who y'all had some association mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. early on. I'd love to know, like we asked most people, what got you into fitness in the first place? Like what led you now to obviously having your own space, which I've been to is a really cool space. Mm-hmm. It really conveys your, your personality and who you are mm-hmm. in, in a really unique way, which I like. So, well, I but, appreciate that. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I'm an Air Force brat, so uh, my mother's Chinese, she's from Taiwan, uh, my, mother, my dad's African American, he's from Ohio, so he was in the Air Force, so I traveled and lived all over the world, and, and you might have felt that sort of like a different feel in, in my studio, you know, um, and that's what I've tried to do, so um, I went to college at Furman University and got my degree in health and exercise science. My intention was to go into physical therapy. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I liked you. <laughs> uh, so therapy, I always knew I wanted to do something along those lines. Uh, um, you know, Furman was a challenging school and uh, when the time came, I just was not ready to try to go with more schooling, you know? So um, I worked as an admissions counselor for Furman for two years with my health and exercise science degree. Uh, being a, a multicultural mixed background, it really helped for me to be on the uh, on on the recruiting side. So Furman's always trying to you know bring in a broader base of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I helped. I did that for two years. I worked for Nordic Track, selling skiers for two Nordic years. Nordic Track. I forgot yeah, all about dude. Nordic Track. It was good though. You know, was um, that like an elliptical? Right. It was it more was like... like skiers, and of course they had treadmill and, yeah. and various things and. But the Nordic Tract itself, I picture an elliptical, like in my head, this elliptical-looking thing. Well, it actually was, uh, it is elliptical-esque, but, you know, it really is like two skis on these tracks. Yep. And uh, there's nothing holding you in there. You're just leaning. You're just using your body weight to lean into it. Mm -hmm. So half the fun was, this was in the mall. This was in Haywood Mall in Greenville, South Carolina. Sure. So you get all sorts of people coming in. Let me get on one of those skiers. And, uh, you know, you're teaching people <laughs> how to use a skier. That's the only way you're going to sell it is if you can get them within 10 minutes, yep. like somewhat comfortable on this like seven, $800 piece of equipment. There's your first glimpse into training. Yes. Just yes. getting people comfortable on a yes. Nordic track. That's awesome. Uh, and, and, and making the sale. So, um, I definitely credit my success now to the, the sales types of jobs that I've had in the past, you know, cause you know, you hear so many trainers say, you know, I'm not a salesperson. I just know how to train people. But, you know, that's a very small view of like, you know, how to succeed in any realm. You know, you're always selling yourself. You're always um, put up, you know, trying to give your best side so that people want to come spend money on you or with you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I like so, to view sales almost like it's communicating things in a way that builds a bridge between you and that person, mm, right? People think sales it. of like, hey, I'm trying to make you buy something that you don't want. Right. Like, no, that's not sales. I no. mean, in some regards, it's sales when you're selling snake oil or you're selling right something that's not effective. But if you're selling something that somebody enjoys and something that can truly benefit, you know, benefit them, mm. obviously, mm-hmm. that's good. Sorry, wanted to put, put no, it in. No, no, I appreciate yeah. that, yeah. you know. So, 
Um, you know, so I started personal training a little bit as I was admissions counseling and uh, Nordic tracking, selling. Three jobs at the same time, basically. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I've always hustled, you know. I've yeah. always uh, had to go after it, you know. Um, even just going through college and putting myself through Furman for the most part. Yep. Uh, you know, it's it's always been come kind of second nature to me that, you know, if I want something, i got to go get it, you know. Uh, so, so uh, you know, I moved. I actually, my father retired here in Charleston from the Air Force. So I went to high school here, and then I went to Furman, stayed in Greenville for a couple of years, and I moved back here in uh, 98, 99. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had two options at that time. I, um, you know, I got, I went to Blackbaud. And Everybody knows Black applied, Bot. Yeah, applied for that baseline position. You're taking and, over Daniel Allen between them and Benefit yeah, Focus. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I, I got into the second interview, and uh, on my way to uh, the office, I had to walk through the cubicles, and all the people crammed into those cubicles and doing their thing. There's no windows. I'm like, whoa, I already have a bad feeling about this. Sure. Uh, had a great interview, and they invited me back for a third one, so I probably had the job. Um, but I just, it just wasn't for me, you know, uh, and, uh, LifeQuest was hiring some trainers at the time and love uh, LifeQuest. LifeQuest was where I got my start. You know? Yeah. So a lot of people uh, got their start. I, yeah. you know, I was still fairly young at that point. So yeah. 99, I'm still in high school, but right, right. I remember LifeQuest, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, that was the place to be you know, as far as training or, mm-hmm. or exercising, you know? And so, uh, I started there, uh, as a personal trainer I came across a name that was mentioned by Mike was uh, uh, John Tysinger, and uh, he was a trainer there. And they started a little business there called Lifeline Personal Training. So it was a they were taking charge of personal training within LifeQuest, you know. Um, you know, so I worked there for a couple of years, and before all the the blank hit the fan. Uh, uh, with LifeQuest, I had moved on over to the Academy of Exercise mm-hmm. uh, with John, uh, who changed his name to John Travel, John Will Travel. Really? Uh, which is really interesting. Um, but he was an interesting cat. He, uh, he had cystic fibrosis. Mm-hmm. So he had a very short lease on life. So he was a brilliant um, mind in terms of uh, therapy uh, with exercise. He introduced me to the Czech Institute and Paul Czech. Um, Czech Institute was a corrective, holistic exercise kinesiology. Mm-hmm. So it really gave me a solid foundation of understanding the anatomy, physiology of the body, how it relates to movement and exercise. And uh, I don't think a lot of folks get that when it comes to personal training. It's like, you know, I go to get my NASM or I get my um, uh, ACSM certification, but you know, the Czech Institute was probably ahead of their time in, in really opening up, uh, you know, the idea like, you know, know the body, know the vehicle with, with you are mm-hmm. working with. Yeah, they were know? kind of the, right now you hear these buzzwords like functional training, yes, corrective yes. exercise, yes, right? And yes. so he was kind of doing those things before those things became right. real terms. I mean, mm-hmm. and I still think most people... You know, we live in kind of a health and wellness silo. Mm-hmm. Most people, when they think personal training, they probably think purely weight loss. Mm-hmm. They probably think maybe they think building strength, mm-hmm. you know, and toning, mm-hmm. whatever that may mean to people. Mm-hmm. But they definitely don't think therapy. They definitely don't think movement improvement, right? right? Or, or lifelong training or any of these words that we obviously talk about a lot. So it's cool, A, to see that transition come and B, to see how many people in Charleston and, and hopefully everywhere starting to, to view it more in those terms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just see it in the explosion of uh, uh, therapy modalities that are now you can buy at Target. Foam rollers, you know. Sure. Uh, all these things now are, that's big business, that's big money. Um, but I think uh, people are starting to understand that they got to take some ownership in their own healing. You know, I don't care if you have a lot of money or the, and the greatest insurance. If you don't walk the walk of therapy and learning to move better, then, you know, you're constantly paying people to help fix you. And you'll be right back there in that cyclical nature of, oh, I feel better, so I'm gonna go back to doing what what I was doing that hurt me. Mm -hmm. And uh, boom, hurt again, okay, 
let me call up Eve and have my therapy done and, and get me back on track. So yeah, there, there's um, like two really good points there. Mm. One would be the idea of self maintenance, mm. which I, I, I haven't read it yet, but I saved it. It was like a Forbes article, mm. which I think was really interesting about like self care. Mm. So like this idea of taking care of yourself and creating ownership of it. And like the fact that like, yeah, there's these certain things you need to do to keep your body healthy that yes. like naturally it's just not going to happen. You've got to do it on your own. Mm. Right. So I think, yeah, more people are finally talking about that and realizing that's important. And then two, this keeps coming up in everything that we're doing, especially physical therapists. Like I think a big difference of what we do and a big difference if you're seeing a trainer, a chiropractor, a doctor, a PT, whatever, if those people aren't creating habits or things that are giving you building empowerment mm. and building independence instead of reliance of like, you know, people do come back and see me, but everything I tell them is like, if you do all these things, you won't have to come see right, me. Right, I'm right, literally right. trying to build myself out of a job. It's everything that we do. Yes. You can easily twist things and make it like, oh, you need to come get dry needling every month. Right. You need to come get adjusted every month. You need to come get this massage every mm -hmm. month. And we may say that's beneficial. And we may say, hey, this is why, but it's more from a performance-based aspect, mm -hmm. not like you need me or else. Right. You know, and yes. that's like, I, I see that with fitness becoming booming, mm -hmm. that people are creating this reliance on people when it's not necessarily reliance. It's, mm -hmm. this is, you know, well, the lines are being blurred between, um, I am not a physical therapist. I don't claim to be a physical therapist, mm -hmm. but I have a, first of all, personal experience. I've done most of the injuries to myself. Yeah, ditto, man, ditto. <laughs> so so yeah. that is a great avenue to learn about, you know, the mechanics and, you know, the, the, the um, was it etiology? Etiology, uh, sure. the, the nature of that injury, you know, and. You know, once you go through it and you see it in other people, you know, you can you can help those people a little bit better, you know. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, now you're seeing as you see this wonderful new space you have here. And, yeah, thanks. You know, it looks like a gym, you yeah. know. And, what uh, every PT clinic should look like, by right. the way. You know? Yeah, squat racks and but, weights. But, you know, like <laughs> how, how does uh, your, how does, uh, there's so many certifications out there now, you know, and. Not all regulated. There's really no, there's no national regulation of physical, of uh, personal training, mm -hmm. which is probably an issue. I don't know if that will ever come about, you know, but uh, no, not like it is for chiropractic and physical therapy mm -hmm. and, and, and being a doctor. Um, so there's tons of gray area in the personal training world. So I think that, you know, for me personally, having done it for so many years and still continuing my continuing education and seeking out the people who have a high integrity within the field, um, who are just doing it the right way in a smart way, um, for longevity, yep. you know, um, you know, but you know, anyone that tells you they're not dealing with an injury or have dealt with an injury, you know, that's an interesting thing, you know? So as a personal trainer, I'm still affecting someone on a cellular level. I'm affecting the way they move, the way they uh, address, you know, picking up their child or getting out of bed. So that's profound, you know. So if I don't honor and respect the fact that I'm affecting this person on that deep cellular movement level, then I'm just making them do reps and do stuff to make them sore. So and it's not about that, mm -hmm. you know. So. Um, so that's the direction I've gone in, and that's why I call myself more of a, a body mechanic than a personal trainer. Yeah. You know, I've just, um, you know, gone through the injuries. I have a, uh, a lumbar sacralization. Uh, for those of you who don't know what that is, it's basically my L5, S1 discs have fused either congenitally. I don't remember having an, uh, an injury to my back or anything. Uh, I was in a car accident my freshman year in college, uh, but it didn't hurt my back necessarily. Uh, played football, I wrestled. So there's no time where I can say like, yeah, I had a back, a specific acute back injury that caused me to have a, a, con a fusion. So it was congenital. Um, so it's very interesting that my L4 rests very funny on my L5 disc. So that, that nerve root, that exit is always talking to me a little bit, mm -hmm. you know. But even with that, um, in my mid-40s, I still... Uh, um, are 
I'm still lifting more than I've ever lifted. You just swung a kettlebell that weighed yeah. 203 pounds cold. Yeah. So I would say that your back is pretty healthy. It is, you know, and um, a lot <laughs> of that is due to just like moving right, um, understanding where I need my strength, uh, understanding my volume of training that I can, I personally can manage. Um, certainly, um, you know, personal training all day long, hours. I, you know, I train probably 40 plus hours a week. Uh, privates and classes mm -hmm. so you know that's managing too much that, man it, yeah you know <laughs> that's a lot that's a lot <laughs> so i'm trying to get into your place and yeah get, you know be a trainer of trainers you yeah know? get some help sure. um but uh you know i'm just rambling right now but you know it's, it's, a, it's an interesting uh world in 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 fitness right now yeah so much is booming so much is moving at such a rapid rate and um i like it you know over at james island uh, where I'm at, I'm, I'm in the Riverland Terrace area, and um, I think within three square miles, there's probably five or six places where you can go work out. It's crazy. There's, uh, we've counted, there's like 10 on Long Yeah, Park. yeah. 10. I mean... Gyms, like so, with lots of people in it. that's Charleston. We're not, yeah. you know, big, we're metropolitan, but you go to a place like Atlanta, it's like literally, you can throw a rock at another city. That's true, you yep. know? Um what I, but I think there's enough to go around. You know, I think that uh, not enough people are going and getting proper advice and coaching, right, for movement, you know. Um, there's enough to go around is by far the understanding. Because despite yeah. all of that, yes. there's a gym within a throw stone away. Mm. We still are at this point, you know, over 50% over of people are overweight mm -hmm. and out of shape. Over 50%. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I would say that the market is still right for it. Yeah, And then sure. there's like, what is 20% of people are, are clinically obese at this point. So mm -hmm. it's like, uh, yeah, like that's whenever like, oh man, there's a gym down the street or like, yeah, great. That's yeah. actually better for you yes. because the more like, yes. are you kidding me? The market is, is so right. For it all is. That. And different strokes for different folks. I think you have to dabble and you have to go meet trainers, have a session or two, mm -hmm. get a, get a sense of the vibe of that space. If it's for you, cool. You're there. You got a home for a short time. I mean, maybe not even forever. Yeah. Uh, but if it's not, you know, even if you're locked into a contract or something, you know, you're paying them to give you a service. So that's how I see it. If, if, it, if it's not working for you, move on. Find someone else, you know. Yeah. Um, if that person that has that person that you're training with has integrity, then they'll be like, yeah, that's totally cool. You know, I, I don't own you. You're my client, but yeah. I don't own you. I'm your trainer is more right. like it, you know? So You hope that um, they have your best interests as heart. Just like, I want you to go where you're the most fit. Like, even if somebody's coming to see me and, like, things just aren't working out, like, I'll refer, like, I'll refer them out. If they go to see another PT, they may feel weird about it, mm. but don't mm. feel weird about it. Like, I want you to get the best help you can that may not be with me, and I have to be okay with that. Of yes. course, yes. you're still like, oh, man, I wish, it, you know what I mean? Yes. There's going to be that, but, like, at the same time, I'm I'm... I don't know if wise enough is right. the right word, but just to know like, yeah, sometimes you just may not click with that person and you have to have to be okay with that. Right. I think, you know, when, when you gain clients, it, uh, it fills a vacuum, but when you lose clients, it creates a vacuum. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, oh, I'm down one, I'm like, okay, who's next? Who's going to fill that space? You know, that means there's someone else, um, who's looking for you, yeah. you know? So a good way to look you know, out. So I just see that there's, there's plenty to go around when it comes to that. There's two things that I wrote little notes on that I want to circle back to. Sure. One, which I think is important for me to talk about, is you saying the word cellular level. Mm. Right? So it's just something that I'm kind of passionate about. And I think it's so important for healthcare professionals and obviously patients or the public to kind of know that like changing things at a cellular level is a very difficult thing to do. Mm. Right? To like gain muscle mass takes like consistent training it takes you know what i mean consistent nutrition sleep all these mm -hmm, things mm -hmm. to actually make a change at a cellular level mm -hmm. and unfortunately still probably a lot of people physical therapists chiros are, are, are trying to say that they can make things change at a cellular level mm -hmm. in a short period of time sure sure which just does not happen. I'm sure you've experienced this too. Like when you do some foam rolling or something like that, that's not changing things at a cellular level. Right. That's changing perception. Maybe it's changing our neurological system. It's not necessarily changing things at a cellular level. Like changing things at a cellular level takes 
months, right? It It takes a long time and consistency and Mm -hmm. work and effort. Not that those things aren't valuable. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, we do things that are valuable, but, you know, that change things short term. But it's just, I just think it's really cool that you said that. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're changing things at a certain level because that's when the magic happens when you have a trainer who's working with you consistently over a long period of time. Like, that's when cellular level change. So just, again, wanted to really... I appreciate that. You know, I feel... By the same token, uh, I'm also a part of what keeps me passionate is how quickly can I get the change for that individual, you know? And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a, a uh, we get exposed to a lot of different types of clientele or students, however you want to say that. So, you know, I might get the, uh, the 50-year-old woman who's been working her butt off, raising kids, and now she realizes she has nothing... She's not strong. She doesn't feel confident. Um, She's not been taking care of herself. She hasn't been taking care of herself. You know, and you and I both know um, the less trained an individual, the greater the rewards will happen in a shorter period of time. But then on the other side of that, you have a professional athlete or a high school athlete who's already in great shape. They're already at their maximal potential, potentially, right? So making change in those individuals uh, might be a little bit tougher, you know, Mm -hmm. but... uh, it gets back to like, do you understand the fundamentals of your movement? Do you do the simple stuff easy? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know they say that the best athletes do the simple stuff better. They don't do the complex stuff better because that's a waste of time. Some on some level. Um, so yeah, I think uh, another thing with the cellular level thing is uh, people appreciating. Well, first of all, our, our our educational system is not teaching people to take care of themselves. It's not teaching children like. Hey, your body is important. That's your only vehicle you got in life. So it's almost it's going the opposite. It's way, going right? the opposite. They know more about their phones and their cars and their computers than they do the thing that they live in. Right. You know. So um, I'm I'm really trying to get people to like appreciate this vehicle, this one ride they got for this go around. However, mm-hmm. you think about things. Sure. Um, you know, you're not meant to be put. We're, I don't know if there's any rule that said that we're going to be pain free in this experience in this physical realm, right? So. Oh, that's a whole nother. That's discussion. a whole other thing. But uh, talking about pain and how yeah, pain is a normal part yeah. of the world and very protective. Right but on. Yeah, yeah. You know, so um, you know, there's all this like I want to lose twenty pounds. Those are all just kind of fleeting. You know, you're gonna feel great for a fleeting amount of time. You know, and then the life and the world will give you obstacles to overcome, you know. You know, at this, uh, I just got back from a Strong First certification. It was a recertification for me. Um, you know, everyone I talked to is dealing with something. The instructors were dealing with something, something the coaches, um, the participants, you know. Mm-hmm. But they were moving well and they were happy and they were not uh, lamenting or too focused on that. So... You know, I think learning to be like resilient and uh, understanding that we don't live in a, a perfect world, so you're not going to be pain free all the time, and like being all right with that. You know, if my knee hurts and I can't work out, what else can I do? There's always something else you can. There's so many other options, you know and that's what yeah, that's why the marriage of like why I attribute a lot of the success from like what to made to move does is from these let's call them marriages, partnerships, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them, mm-hmm. of people like you who kind of understand that pain's a normal part of the process, mm-hmm. we're going to train through it anyway, mm-hmm. and then us as physical therapists, as the medical professional side, kind of just being able to just echo that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, go see Eve, go see Nate, whatever, have them tell you, A, everything's going to be okay. Right. From a health, you know, health professional standpoint, B, keep training and that's okay. C, like give some diagnostics and also a little bit of a prognosis. Like this is about what you're going to expect. Mm. You know what I mean? And then that that's like half of what we do is just that education and empowerment of just saying everything's going to be okay. Keep training. Right. Very similar to what I want to echo back to before is like you would have, let's call it a fused, a naturally fused vertebrae mm-hmm. where a lot of people would think I can't train anymore. I can't deadlift anymore. I can't do all these things anymore. Right. Like no actually you just need to train intelligently and now you can go and swing a 203 pound (laughs) kettlebell cold no problem sorry i'm so just fascinated i keep hearing that but i mean that's just the bottom line if your body is resilient and it can do almost anything despite 
what people would think with like, I have arthritis, I can't do it. I have a bad back, I can't do it. I have bad, right. whatever. Like, no, you actually can do all these right. things. Right, you can build resilience. You can earn resilience. Yep, it um, needs to be. The body is naturally yeah. resilient, but you can be resilient to pain and just be in pain all the time. So it's not as simple as like, um, just suck it up, buttercup. You know, it's not about that. It's, uh, okay, am I doing all the right things? And I alone cannot do that on my own. So it's good to have a good coach yep. or body mechanic such as myself to just like take a second opinion, get the second opinion. You know, I don't do it right all the time with all my clients and we learn through the experience together, but they know I'm on their side and they know I wanted to give them the best in, mm -hmm. in that situation. So um, yeah, so that's it's they, an important yeah. part of what I do. Yeah, they need to be fed that education yes, too, right? Yes. There's definitely that appropriate time where training does not make sense. Let's just an example of a torn ACL. Like they mm. probably shouldn't go back and cut multiple times on right. a soccer field, For right? Sure. Or you have an acute back injury, sciatic, kind of numbness in your leg. Like okay, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and right. send you to our neurosurgeon. Right. But unfortunately, what is still prevalent. And I still get hit for this all the time, but it's still prevalent. Is is not what we're talking about. It's typically go rest, go do nothing, mm. or stop doing what you're doing. Right. You shouldn't squat. You shouldn't do CrossFit. You pick whatever. You shouldn't run mm. when that is now definitively, definitively. Nothing's definitive, but the research for sure, the medical research is showing us that the more you do stuff, the more resilient be you become and the more you're able to do. Mm. The less you do, the less you're going to be able to do. Like that's, yes. just the, that's just a rule of thumb at this point. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, I just want to keep screaming that. The more I can scream about that, yeah. the more other people can scream about that, the more I think we'll just capture more people and yes. they're going to feel empowered and they're going to be able to do more in their life. And, you know, what's the goal to be able to yeah. be 90 years old and do stuff? I mean, talking about that and my back, you know, like I discovered through chiropractic, got some um, x-rays. I didn't know that. I didn't know until I was 30, almost 40 years old right. that I had this sacralization of my spine. The question is, what, does it even matter? That's a whole you other know, you know, it, deep, dark conversation. But, you know, I will yeah. say like I was having chronic, um, my SI joint was locking up a lot. Yeah. I was training hard for either certifications or some you know smaller competitions nothing nothing big um uh, strong first has this uh, tactical tsc is the tactical strength challenge and it's basically uh you know max deadlift max pull-ups and max number of kettlebell snatches that's three events that's it and it's just within the, the the strong first kettlebell world cool and i was actually training for that and i was um getting all these injuries i'm like what's what, what i'm gonna do about this you know and um one thing that got me there was original strength, which is a uh, movement philosophy out of uh, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And these are some strong first instructors who created this sort of infant development, developmental style movements to help with therapy, uh, warming up for exercise. That actually saved me as far as movement. Um, I was getting chronic SI lockups where I was like, I could barely stand up straight for two weeks. Right. You know, and so, and trying to work my regular personal training and, you know, I can barely lift a load for my client. It doesn't, you know, bode well when you can't, can't lift a load for your client. Um, but after that, doing OS, original strength and getting back on my training, that changed my life. And, um, you know, I pulled uh, uh, 525 pounds. That's the most I've ever pulled in a deadlift. Uh, and that Still was, peaking at 40. You know, and that yeah. was, uh, yeah, that was a good, maybe four or five, four years ago, yep. maybe. So it taught me, like, even despite how I, it, you know, maybe it's getting into uh, um, how you think of yourself, you know. How do you, how do you think of that injury? Are you going to lament? Are you going to just say, okay, I'm, I'm beaten, mm -hmm. I'm done. Or are you going to be like, you know, can I find another way? Can I reroute? The body is plastic. The mind is plastic. Can I reroute and develop strengths in other areas? Yeah. And yeah. so it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, you're already doing it. A lot of people don't think of it this way, but you just said it, that the movement was the medicine. Yes. Right? So yes. like you can pick how many movements do we have from? Like endless, mm -hmm. right? And you mm -hmm. probably are, are very much an expert in movement and probably have moved your body in totally different ways, different training modalities. You probably know a ton. And then you found 
what I call a movement prescription, mm-hmm. which was your original strength. Mm-hmm. And that was the medicine that you specifically needed. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. And so it's like, go out there and find your medicine. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be pharmaceutical. Typically, it's not going to be a shot or not going to be a surgery. Right. Like It can be a movement as your medicine. You just have to find the right prescription and find right. the right dosage that's too, right? True. Training volume matters as well. That is a, you know? that's especially true. And I've, I've gone through my time like as a check practitioner um you know there is a holistic philosophy so avoid surgery avoid medicine avoid us so i was hardcore there for a while you know and i realized that that wasn't always the answer you know there is a time for surgery there is a time for some ibuprofen 100 percent, yeah you know uh and and i think what we have to see is that some folks you know, you can still do polls of people going into any gym. You know, did you take ibuprofen just now? Yeah, I'm about to go work out. Still, people still think that it's okay to take ibuprofen to get through their workout or to finish their workout. Um, you know, so there are people who take ibuprofen five days a week, six days a week. And, um, you know, they don't realize that they're masking and creating more breakdown of the body. So... Have you, know, you seen the new study on ibuprofen? Talk, and talk to me. I oh have not. man! Oh, I'll send it to you. You can send it to your uh, clients. Okay. So they're now showing some correlation between long-term ibuprofen use and people typically know like, oh, my stomach lining, right? There's there's that side sure, too. Sure. But now we're saying it's very difficult to gain muscle mass. Wow. Right? So it's actually like blocking, I don't know through what pathway. I haven't gone mm-hmm. totally nerd on that mm-hmm. yet. I will. Mm-hmm. But like it's blocking a pathway as far as like gaining strength and uh, um, building strength, okay. which is huge, right? So chronic ibuprofen use now being linked to not being able to get strength gains, mm. which typically makes the problem worse. worse yeah. Right? Yeah, and it's yeah. because the endless cycle of taking more ibuprofen and not getting as strong. Right. And, take it, and just now... But still trying to get stronger. Yeah. So there's this, this battle going on within the body. Within the body, yeah. which we didn't know that there was any long-term... Wow. Right? So, like, these new things kind of come out. There's always consequences. That's the thing. It's never like, oh, I can just do this and I'll be fine. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. even from a training standpoint, I'm about to train for this tactical athlete thing. Like, you know that, like, at the end of that, your body's going to be pretty beat up and you're going to have to take some rest. There's a consequence to that action. You know, just as something as simple as as taking ibuprofen, which people typically think I can take on, like, M&Ms. Right, right. It's so easy to do. but I'm, you know, I feel like there's a lot of natural modalities coming out. I think the, I think that, uh, you know, Boswellia complex, turmeric, uh, curcumin, uh, you know, CBD. You know, I think they're opening up some less and less harmful ways to create maybe long term uh, reduction in inflammatory responses. Yep. And uh, obviously, we can get to food and you know. What am I eating to create more inflammation within myself? Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, working against my training, so yep. to speak. You know. Yeah. Um, so that opens up a whole another. Yeah. Go there first, though. Like, go yeah, there to like let's do training volume. Let's throw it out there. Let's how are we sleeping? Let's throw yes. that out there. Let's go ahead and talk about diet. Let's throw yes, it out there. Definitely. You know, and I mean, just like pain becoming which you talked about like pain isn't necessarily a bad thing, mm-hmm. right? You know, I mean, you learn a lot about yourself. Right. You become. A stronger person right and you're able to like overcome those things so, uh, or learn to live with them in a, in a reasonable way you know I think that's what it gets to be as we get uh, more advanced in our years I'd say older but you know as we get more advanced you know there's still an expectation you know uh, you and I both know like as former athletes we still we still think we're that person. Of course, we still brain, think we're that yeah. eighteen year old. That we're we running the fastest things. forty time ever. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the reality is, is you know, trying to find some realism um, with where you are right now. Um, it's okay to be young at heart and young in your mind, but also be realistic at what you can and can't do. Um, you know, again, that takes a I think a second eyes, yep. friends or coaches to help you. You know, kind of determine where that is. Uh, or you just learn the hard way. Yeah. You know? I mean, I can't emphasize it enough. It's really been a, within the past five years, me being very, very open. Like I've just figured out, been very independent and figured things out on my own for yes. a very long time. And I, I love that. It's the best way. It's the best way. Because you earn it, you right. earn it, and it's yours. 100%. On the same token, within this last couple years, I've really found the uh, importance and the, uh, 
helpfulness because I can't find another word mm. of having a coach, mm. whether it's in business, whether it's in life, whether it's in health, whether it's in my training, whatever. I just started um, someone else doing my training for me, like building me a program and following that. Nice. And just the benefits of that accountability, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just think everybody needs when it get to a certain point, like somebody to help guide that process. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, maybe not all the time, every day, but like, I just think you can get from kind of point A to point B a lot quicker sure. if somebody's guiding that path as opposed to like, I'm going to figure it out on my own. There's definitely something to be said about that. Yes. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just, you know. Well, I appreciate that our different worlds are, are intermingling, you know, yep. and uh, coming together and getting back to there's enough to go around. Yep. You know, I don't have to, you know, hoard everybody and like, right. you know, say this is my way, it's the only way. Usually that's the opposite you know, effect, let's be exactly, honest. Exactly, yep. exactly. It pushes people away. So, you know, I love that we can come together and see the similarities in what we do and, uh, you know, refer. You know, I feel like I'm a, uh, one of my biggest pieces is trying to figure out what that client's need, even if it's not what I can offer. Mm-hmm. And so if I can be an honest uh, referral for that individual, then, you know, they get the, they get what they need. And that's, that's more important, I think. Yeah. Even if it means that I don't train them directly, I don't you know, make money off those people directly, that's not what it's about. And I think that's, uh, you know, I've been rewarded with a strong core group of folks who, yep. you know, if I say I'm going to move to this new space, Die hard, I'm right? calling you, you know yep. what I'm saying? So, yep. uh, so that's, it's been a blessing that way. And I try to, you know, approach every day that way with, um, with a passion and a, knowingness that I'm trying to just get people from point A to point B, yeah. not from point A to point you know Z, yeah. all, all in one step or in one week. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that says a lot about you and all having that kind of higher purpose, I think is really, really important. Higher purpose being you just want that client to be as healthy as possible. Right you know what I mean? You're supposed to like look in them as a dollar sign and um, look in them as, you know, I'll just want to get bunch of weight loss like no this is like a bigger kind of purpose that yeah. we have too I actually uh, I kind of steer clear of people who want to lose weight yeah it's not that I steer clear but I try to make them find value in other things in the process because people who that's a very uh, uh, in result you know goal like it's a it's a goal driven process versus a process driven process mm-hmm. you know so you know, people may come to me. Luckily, I get referrals from a lot of other uh, massage therapists, rolfers, um, and and obviously family and friends and other other clients refer people. You know, so mm-hmm. um, they kind of know what they're getting when they come in. Right. And uh, you know, I feel like my bit, my number one job is to help them to move better, move better, get stronger in that process. Build a little bit bigger engine as far as your 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 conditioning, mm-hmm. um, and and you know let's see how that so let's see what direction that takes you in, and so instead of being driven by twenty pounds, um, you know let's be driven by wow I woke up today and I feel good yeah and maybe I'm a little tight for my workout but yeah. I don't I'm not I can hollering. squat down and go get something That's I was right. able to go run after you know play with my kids and right. run after them whatever let's find the sweet spot of like. Yeah. How much volume is just enough to create change, but not so much that I can't heal from it. Right. And find a balance of like, you know, rest to work. So I think that's a challenge for everybody. Yeah. No, 100%. That's an interesting analogy. I love that. Like typically people are going in for weight loss, but you're kind of saying no, weight loss may not be the focus. That's the Maybe, icing. That's but the yeah. icing on the cake. Yep. The mm-hmm. long-term kind of process. Yes, being yes. It's the same thing for us as physical therapists. Typically... Being pain-free is somebody's goal when they mm-hmm. come in, right? Mm-hmm. You're in pain, you seek us out, and we're fine with that. I'm happy that being the icing on the cake. But usually what we focus on, and it's a much easier thing to focus on, is really the same thing. I want you to move better. I want to talk about your training volume. I want to talk about sleep. I want to talk about modifications, right? And and as a result, you're probably going to be out of pain long-term. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because it's yeah. this long-term longevity focus as opposed to like short-term. Like, okay, you can lose you know, 30 pounds. What happens after that? Yeah. Are you done? Is that yeah. it? Like, no. And like, people are. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm, I hit my 30. Let's go get a beer. Right. You know, um, it's not how the body yeah, works. You know, hopefully by that time that uh, you realize that your exercise and your training is just now a regular part of your daily or weekly experience. Yeah. 
And when that happens, then I think the results come. Yeah. Then you start seeing the things that you wanted. But, you know, paving a new process, creating a new process right. for yourself, developing new habits, I think that's yeah. where it has to begin. Internal change as opposed to an external yes, change. Sir. You know, yes, kind sir. of talking mm-hmm. about at surface level. So good segue into something that I ask everybody. Okay. And that is what your idea or what your view or what your definition, whatever it may be, of a healthy person. Mm. What would you, like, how would you describe it? What, you know... Uh, you know, in one word, I feel like... And it could be a sentence. That could be one it. word. It can be one yeah, word. But yeah. I think uh, being full of vitality. Vitality is a word that to me means... It's more about, it's more about being uh, the healthiest or I think it's about finding an optimal state based on your current circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's... that's uh, Paul Checks talks a lot about uh, physiological load. And he defines that as the summation of all stressors in your life. So can you have vitality and health in regards to your total physiological load? Right, which isn't so, just training load and no, like weight no. on the bar, but it's, it's everything. Like, yeah. It's everything. It's, it's your kids, it's your, kids, right, your business. Sleep stress, water stress, work stress, traffic stress, tax stress, homes, you know. Those all are all going to be that. there, yeah. Yeah, and, and those things summate. So you often hear people say, "I gotta go work out so I can get rid of some stress." Yeah, it might make you feel better in the in the in the short term, but it is another stressor, albeit a a positive stressor. Um, and as we've seen, some folks will take that to a negative level. Mm-hmm. Exercise that is, yeah. um, but do do train in such a way that does not uh, make your stress bowl overfilleth and yeah. spill over. And it's that spillover point that is that is where we're getting to injury and disease and unhappiness and, you know, so, um, so I guess the, the biggest thing is like, you know, a healthy person has found a way to uh, manage stress levels and still feel like they have the energy mm-hmm. to train, uh, and have fun training and train intensely at times yep. and then train moderately. And, uh, you know, so, you know, that's my biggest definition of health is, uh, Doing things that are, you know, you move well, you're happy, and you have vitality, you have energy, you know. Um, uh, you know, so I'm learning now as I get into my, as I'm about to cross the mid, mid-40s, mid mm-hmm. you know, like I can't train at a high volume like right. I used to in terms of how many people I train a day. So I'm constantly working on the business end to try to, you know, put myself in a better place that way. Yep. Um, but... You know, I, I wake up most days with good energy. I get home and, you know, um, you know I, that's an area where I, I try to like get better at is in my home life. Uh, that's the big challenge for me, you know, Work as a man, as, yep. a, as a husband, uh, as a father. Those are the areas that I don't do as well, in, you know, just to be honest, like because the gym does take a lot of my time for me. So... I'm learning every day, and I don't I don't do it right all the time. So yeah. I'm learning every day to like do better. Right, and that's what's making me a hopefully a better human being in the long run. It's a process, um, like anything else. Yeah, for sure. No, that's good, man. I like it a lot. <laughs> um, why don't we do uh, a couple Spitfire questions? Sure. Sound good. I'm ready. All right, cool. What are you best at? Oh wow. Well, I put so much time and effort into this personal training thing. Um, I feel like I am best at assessing the current state of an individual and how to, again, get them from point A to point B. I like it. What do you uh, suck at? What do you struggle uh, with? Um, kind I, of already said one thing, but, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's, that's probably it, you know, yeah. like, you know, finding and managing my own uh, stress levels and volumes such that I have uh, enough to give to my loved ones, mm-hmm. you know? So that's a very real thing. And sure. I'm, I mean, you like to train, you that. love what you do, yeah, obviously. Yeah, but it's you, know, hard. you become very one-sided. So, you know, you wake up one day realizing you put a lot in one area and you, you haven't put enough in another area. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, that is my true challenge in this, in this, this current physical realm is cool. to, to yeah. do better at those right. things. What is the number one thing the public should do to mm-hmm. maintain their health and fitness? You can pick one thing only. Pick one thing only. Wow. I know. Um, this is one of my favorite questions. I don't know why. Because it's like, you know, 
usually people start step one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm baseline. I just listened to this podcast. Like, I know I need to make all these changes. These are a lot of changes for me to do. Sure. What should I do first? Or I think that people should get on the ground daily. Put your hands on the ground. Yep. Get on your knees. Roll around like a baby. Be like a child again. I think that if people learn, I mean, I, I've tried to test people and pull people, um, you know, I think if you did grab 20 people out of the crowd and say, you know, have you sat on the ground today? Have you put your hands on the ground today? Have you put your butt on the ground today? I think that if people learn to just get up and off the ground with uh, efficiency and safety, that is the start of um, having a good yeah. physical body with good movement. Yeah. So, uh, and, and, and do it barefoot. This, uh, it keeps coming up, man. This did this, they did this study, and I swear, I mean, people are gonna think I'm a broken record, but like the being able to get up off the floor without using your hands mm-hmm. was directly related to morbidity. Yes. So if you yes. cannot get up off the floor off your hands, like with the, as, I'm, li- as little help from any other. No group, help. Yes. If you could, if you had to use something, you were a lot less, you were a lot more likely to die sooner. Yes. Period, which I think yes. is crazy, and the the floor thing is huge because. We weren't meant to be in chairs. Like, that's a whole nother mm-hmm. discussion again. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, just the ability to get up and off the ground, the strength it takes to do that. A lot of people we work with can't do that, and that's their number one goal. Mm-hmm. I give them. You know, if we see some of these aging athletes, mm-hmm. you know, or just people, let's say, in their 60s and 70s, like, can you get up and off the ground, off the floor without your hands? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. No? That's your first goal. That's the first thing that we do. And just being on the ground. Like, I, I don't sit on the couch usually. I sit on the floor. Right on. That's like a natural s- stretch to my hamstrings. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. in a chair, everything is in its shortened position. Yes. Like just, I bet most people probably couldn't even sit on the floor comfortably for longer than five or 10 right. minutes. Right, I agree with that. You know, I agree just, with that. J- you want to just stretch every day? Just sit on the ground. Mm-hmm. There's your stretching for the day. Mm-hmm. Stretch and, and be in different positions. You could be crisscross. You could be on your knees. You could be, you know, two legs out to the side. Like, there's a lot to be said. Another rabbit hole we can go down about developmental stuff. Yes, you yes. know, can you crawl? I think picking people out of a crowd, like a regular crowd, right. like go to the go to the movie theater, and like you save a hundred people. I guarantee you, fifty of those people, if not more, could not crawl from one oh, side of the movie theater one. to the other definitely without one. like you yes. know without stopping. Right. Period. I agree with that. And guess what? Your Whatever, seven-month-old, you learn to crawl when you're about, you know, seven to nine months, mm-hmm. could do that, and they can't, and you're adults. Like, let's just think about that for a second. That's probably not how it was supposed to be. Yes. Like, I also think that people don't, don't realize, they're looking, we're all looking for the fountain of youth. Let, let's be real, right? Yeah. Just crawl there? everywhere you go. There's well, your fountain of youth. No. They, they're finding, like, you know, like, it reboots. You know, so if you are, you know, 50, 60 years old, and you haven't been on the floor, you can't crawl, if you just practice that and get better, you actually will upregulate, upregulate a lot of the systems that basically are, are being shut off, and that is aging. So if you wanna find the fountain of youth, get on the floor and move like a baby, move like a child. And I think that you'll find that you are starting to reboot some systems and you'll feel better. Right. Simple. Right. I think it's interesting, man. I've never thought about that. That could be so, a really cool thing to do if we ever do like a talk more in a public place. Like we'll literally be like... Yes. I always think about like where people get, they find an alien spaceship and they suddenly hit a button and everything just turns back on. Even though it's been in ice for 50 years yep. or, you know, I think the human body does have some of those Sure, it remembers that stuff. Oh, right. So we know that for So a fact. if we're looking for some crazy new fancy way to get healthy and strong... You know, and we're not, we're totally shunning what nature has already given us, you know, so find the simplest way. Yep. And uh, I think that is the way to sort of longevity yeah. and wellness. Yeah. And Crab walk, hands and knees, sideways, yes. forwards, no, like no leg, like there's just a bunch of different ways. My new favorite saying that right now is, uh, is fighting the apple a day keeps the doctor away. I think uh, a Turkish get up a day. Okay. Keeps the doctor away. Sure. So and then and then of course we're 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 joking about this in class. They're like, well, what if you can eat an apple while you're doing your Turkish getup? Now you got both ends covered. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be a supreme human. Yes, I agree. Oh, I agree. How to get that was a good one. I like that a lot. All right, we're just gonna throw some fun ones before okay. we're done. What's your walkout song? Uh, let's see. Um, let's go with. 
Two dope boys in a Cadillac. Oh my gosh. Outcast. I like it. <laughs> Anything by Outcast. I love Outcast. They're 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 my, my jam. Yeah. I used to uh, and I love Rage Against the Machine, so something more heavy, more rocking will have to come from Rage Against the Machine. Interesting. I just saw today, you remember the prodigy? Like Firestarter? Yeah. yeah. That guy just fortunately committed suicide. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. He was a little high strung. Yeah. Not too surprising. Oh, right. That was a while back, so he's... he's, he's, he's yeah, I didn't have thought about those. Those were those would be good workouts. Yeah, honestly. for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah, unfortunate, but... Uh, favorite cartoon? Um, you got kids, so you probably watch... Or it could be your own favorite cartoon. You know, it could be uh, your kid's favorite cartoon. From my, from my childhood, Tom and Jerry, Mighty Mouse. Yep. And then... Uh, Mighty Mouse was good. Oh, I loved it. And then I, I loved, like, Dragon Ball Z. I watched that with my boys. And, have uh, we talked about that before? I'm a huge Dragon Ball. No, we have not. Oh man, we that's a good. Yeah. Another conversation about that. Yeah. And then my daughter, who's 14, she's into anime. Okay. So we're watching. She's bringing me on to some things. Oh like, yeah, that stuff goes way too oh, deep. Oh, it's, yeah. it's 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 the rabbit hole runs deep. Yeah. And yeah. it's really adult stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, how old is my, she? She's 14. Uh, okay. Yeah, but, but she's still. There. Yeah. 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 There's definitely some adult but, themes uh, in that there's stuff. There's some good stuff out there on that level too. Uh, last TV show you watched? Uh, last TV show was The Walking Dead. Last night we watched The Walking Dead. I'm I'll still to, into it. I'll have to binge it. I just yes. kind of let the season play out, and then I'll just binge the whole yes. thing. Yes, I love um, the direction it's going right now. Do you? It's totally different. Okay, this is different. Yeah, you know they needed something new they for do. sure. They yeah. Really do. Last book you read? Oh wow! Um, unfortunately, it was probably a workout book of some sort. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Yeah, I think it was uh, "Simple and Sinister" by Pavel. Okay, Pavel "Simple and Sinister," and it's basically his uh, the, the the program minimum for any strong individuals is to be able to do single hand swings and Turkish get ups. Yeah, you know, and then let's throw some crawling in on that, but. Uh, but kind that's, of minimal that effective dosage. Simple and sinister. Yeah. Uh, Pavel's uh, uh, last book that he wrote. Yeah. yeah, that's another rabbit hole. Again, we're running out of time. Of course, but like, of how to like? I'm really curious what the what a minimum base strength needs to be for mm. people. Like, you know, there's like mm. these. There's bunch of stuff out there. Like, you need to be able to squat your body weight, or mm. bench press your body weight, or mm. you need to be able to carry, you know, half your body weight uh, in each hand, each hand fifty yes. feet. Yes. Like. I think it'd be really cool, which I don't know why no one's done. Someone's going to do it, or maybe someone has, and I don't know, creating these standards. Mm. Because it's really good to have, like, a standard. Do I hit this standard, yes or no? And even having tiers of that standard. Yes. You know, like, oh, I need to be able to snatch my body weight. Or, like, you know, what, what's kettlebell swing this weight this many times based sure. off your age? So, I can yeah. think of, like, 10 or so people, different people high up in the field that have their... Few, but yep. there's a lot of common themes through them. So yep. if they have like the central, central six essential patterns, you know, someone else will add a little bit or change a little bit. So, you know, um, maybe there shouldn't be one that works for everybody, but, uh, you know, if you got a good coach, they yep. can help you find what works best for you. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's probably more important. Yeah. I mean, everyone needs to be able to what? push up. Pull-ups, push, squat. Push, pull, bend, twist, squat, yeah. lunge. Right, all those and, things. And uh, all that we do throughout the day is some some combination of those those movements, you know? Yeah. But then there's you can add, you know? you know. So it just depends on where you are and what stage in your life. Right. And what is most important at that time. Yeah, 100%. Where can people find you and more about you? All right, well, uh, the new gym, uh, my small studio is on James Island. Um, and uh, Drake... Uh, Drake Fitness is my website, so www.drake.fitness. Uh, my Instagram is at drakefit.chs. Cool. There are a lot of Drake Fitnesses out there, so I had to whittle it down. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so. and we'll link to the stuff in the show notes. Awesome. It's just always good yeah, to, sure, to throw sure. that out. Man, thanks for coming on. This was a great awesome. conversation. Awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we, uh, again, there was a lot of rabbit holes there that I'd love to go into. <laughs> I should be like Joe Rogan and have these four-hour podcasts, but who's that got that kind you of know, uh, I've been enjoying your podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. They're, they're awesome. Cool, man. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Don't forget your body is resilient, strong, and adaptable. The way to better health care and a healthier you is education and empowerment. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, we'd love for you to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Maybe even leave some comments. Thanks so much. See you later.